Welcome to the Beers and Bible Podcast, a podcast that explores God's Word while enjoying the fruits of God's creation. You can find us on Instagram at Beers and Bible underscore, on Facebook by searching Beers and Bible Podcast, and on Twitter at Beers and Bible P1. You can also email us at Beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy what you hear on Beers and Bible, please consider leaving a five star rating and a review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast. Billy Currington summed it up well when he said, God is great, beer is good, and people are crazy. So let us join our hosts, Michael and Anthony, for this week's discussion. Welcome back to episode number 75 of the Beers and Bible podcast. I am Anthony. And I am Michael. And we are happy to be back in your ear canals. Yes, we are. Gross in here, so we might want to clean those <coughs> out. Yep. Thanks, Dad. Joke. Golly, <laughs> it makes sense. We, you know, you are a dad, so that's true. I am a dad. You're a dad. Yeah. Part of the territory is having terrible jokes. So learn. You, you first, you have to learn <coughs> the terrible jokes, and then you have to tell the terrible jokes. Yes, that is true. So. How's your week been, man? Dude, it's been good. I've been fighting, I think it's like allergies and stuff. Last weekend was the first bad um, weekend for pollen here. Mm -hmm. We had like some record type pollen counts, which I think happens every year. I think they just forget what the records (laughs) were so they can say new record high for pollen. Um, So I've been dealing with that, but uh, work's been pretty good. We're... You know, doing what we do, and family's good, everything at home is good, so I know you have had a incredibly busy <laughs> week. Um, it has been, it has been. I am, tonight I am exhausted. If I don't talk a lot tonight, then you'll know why, it's because I am just flat exhausted. Yeah. Um, and if we've anything, been going at it. Yeah. Uh, work, uh, we're growing, our company is, is growing. <laughs> mm and uh we are we are acquiring some more uh businesses um and so all of all of that working into this week uh on top of some other stuff just uh with work or with me personally and the family doing some other stuff um just i i feel like uh, i need an assistant to keep my schedule on track at this point because <laughs> I, I i don't know uh, i literally like i don't know what to do next <laughs> it'll slow down eventually right it will. That's what I keep telling myself. Um, I know this. I have. We have a trip to Disney World booked in like six weeks, and it will definitely slow down for those four days that we're going to be in Disney World. So I'm uh, I'm excited about that. One can hope. That's right. You know. Now leading up to it and coming out of it, I'm sure it'll be insane. But you know, I'll at least have four days. It usually is. So. But yeah, we've been uh, we're doing good. Family is good here. We're just I mean, uh we're just running running as fast as we can it seems like these these days. Yeah. Um kids getting older. You know, my youngest one just turned 4 yeah, a week ago. Yeah. I saw those pictures. That was Yep. adorable. My oldest one will be 10. Holy smokes. She'll be 10 in just 2 weeks. Mm. That seems a little odd. I don't envy that me. at all. My my <laughs> son, we only have the one. He'll be three in uh, about six weeks. Yes. So, 
good Yeah, he'll times. actually be three while we're on vacation. Oh, well, happy birthday. It's the same, it's the same week. <laughs> happy birthday. I'm going to Disney World. <laughs> Whatever works, man. That's right. So, Michael, what you got to drink tonight? So, tonight I've gone back to the Terrapin Brew Beer Company. They are located in Athens, Georgia. I've got, I think this is a special beer, but it's the Los Bravos Mexican-style lager. Um, It's got the color scheme of, like, the Atlanta Braves with Mm -hmm. that, like, Day of the Dead design on the can. I don't know if you can see that. Um, But, I mean, it looks really cool. Today was opening day um, for Major League Baseball, so, I mean... That shows, I mean, I think we're about a month behind. So, yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, this is a Mexican style lager, um, 25 IBUs, 5.1% ABV. And um, it's not even on Terrapin's website. Like, that's how special it is. So, I, I'm wondering how old this beer is almost. Um, but Untapped says that it's a crisp, slightly sweet, perfectly balanced uh, using three varieties of hops. And that's pretty much it. Uh, it's it's only got three and a half of those like rating things that Untapped uses. Yeah. Um, so I'm hoping that it's better than that. But nice. we'll see. It that's what I've got. So what about you? What do you have tonight? I'm also going back to a brewery that we've done before, the Yellowhammer uh, Brewing Company in Huntsville, Alabama. We did the Rebellion Red Lager or Red. Yeah, I think it was the Red Lager Rebellion Red. Uh, several months ago, um, I really liked it. I gave that one five Luthers, but tonight I have the Midnight Special, um, and it is a black lager is what it is. Uh, and so I'm looking at the pictures of it, and it definitely looks black, but it comes in at 5.8% ABV and 21 IBU. So it's going to have that low lager-style IBU flavor uh, that I like. Most of the time, so I had I have high hopes for this one, um, especially coming off of last week and the double IPA that I was not a very good uh, friend of, mostly because I don't really care for IPAs most of the time. Right. So, but I'm uh, curious how do you know how long beer is good for? Um, I have heard six to eight months is what I've heard. Okay, I was just about to have a minor freak out if it was like. A- <laughs> You know, because I, there's a Best Buy date on the bottom of my can, uh-huh. um, and it's July 4, 2021. So that means oh, wow. if it's six to eight months, that means it was brewed in the last couple of months. Yeah. That's the latest. So that that makes me feel a little bit better knowing that this just hasn't been sitting at the package store unwanted. <laughs> it's really the the 2020 rejects is yeah, what it is. The ASPCA of beers. <laughs> Oh, Sarah, Sarah McLaughlin is in the cooler singing all uh, in, the arms. in the arms of an angel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm excited. Um, Terrapin is a local enough to to where I'm at. To yeah, that I know. Yeah, you that. are close to Athens up there. Yeah, it's about forty forty five minutes away, something nice. like that. So. Well, there's only one way to find out how good these actually are, and that's to crack them open and drink them. Let's do it. Here we go. Three, two, one, crack. This smells a lot like the Rebellion Red. This this smells, um, it's got like an IPA-ish 
smell mm-hmm. to it. But it's not so, an IPA, it's a lager. So something we're going to do while we're pouring these up, um, this will this episode will release on the last week of April, I think, like April 30th or yeah. something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and something we're going to do next week. Uh, so if you, if you are on TikTok at all, then you have seen there is a Corona drink that has come out. That thing is super clear, man. Yeah, I'm super clear. Mine is like dark. Oh god, <laughs> <laughs> it is super dark. Anyway, so TikTok drink. Anyway, so the TikTok drink. So there's this TikTok drink that is a Corona. You drink a little bit off the top, and then you pour in a shot of tequila, um, a little bit of orange juice, and then a little bit of grenadine, and just mix it up. Mm-hmm. And it's supposedly amazing. Now. I'm going to give you full disclosure now because you're not going to believe me when I say it next week. I have never had Corona ever. Wow. I've had Corona. I got Corona ironically at the beginning of COVID. (laughs) (laughs) Ironically. Yeah. Um, So I have, I have never actually had a Corona of a full. Now I have had a sip of a Corona and it was so gross that I, Handed it back to the person and said, "I don't want this." That's fair. Um, so I have, in my entire adult lifehood from twenty-one until right now, I have only had one sip of one Corona. Is all I have had. And as so, long as you don't have a Corona between now and next week, that will remain the same. That will remain the same. But I am going to for for TikTok for the Beers and Bible podcast. I am going to drink a Corona. <laughs> With some other stuff in it. Yeah. And so that'll actually be a milestone for us, and we're getting a little bit ahead. But it'll be the first mixed drink that we have on the podcast. Yes. Yes, it will. So we're going to find out how how good we are at mixing drinks, I guess. (laughs) Another byproduct of COVID is that my liquor cabinet has expanded quite well. (laughs) There's nothing else to do. (laughs) Hey, package stores are essential. (laughs) That's true. They are essential workers. This is this is hard facts. Uh, so so uh, well, my, we should drink some beer. Find out if this stuff's going to be any good before it gets warm. Because I don't this, have my uh, Babylon B mug tonight. Oh, that's sad. I just got my regular. I almost regular got, mug. I almost got my Yingling glass, but I went with the Budweiser glass instead. Nice. Well, bottoms up. Cheers. Let's see how we go. You've got that puzzled look on your face. I'm trying to figure out what is even happening. So I, I read on the website, um, this is a dark lager crafted in a German-style Schwarzbier. I have no idea what that means. A blend of imported German Munich and dark roasted malts. This thing is really, like, I almost don't, I thought it was going to be, just a straight up lager, mm-hmm. um, but it's not like this thing is like a hybrid beer, huh? Between a lager and a stout, okay? Because it's got the flavor of a stout, like that that chocolatey coffee type flavor that get the darkness comes from, yeah. But it's got the texture and the crispness of a lager. Okay. This thing, this thing is really really interesting. <laughs> it's interesting, but is it good? 
It is it is actually really good. Okay. <laughs> um I think because I didn't I didn't really know what to expect. Maybe that's why it was a little bit surprising. Mm-hmm. Um because I was not expecting that that like stout flavor. I was just kind of expecting like a dark I don't I mean I I guess that's what a stout is. It's dark. But just, you know, almost like a a hard amber beer mm-hmm. is what I was kind of expecting in my mind. That's what I had going in my mind. Um needless to say, this thing is really, really good, and and Yellowhammer has knocked it out of the park again, and they're going to come in with five Luthers oh, on this wow. thing because it is, it is really it's surprisingly good. Okay, um, it's the flavor is is spot on. Um, that stout flavor with the Christmas of the lager, um, I do love lagers, and so I the Rebellion, uh, I gave it five five Luthers. So Yellowhammer is two for two five luthers from me so dang uh there you go this is uh this is a five luther beer for me this thing is really really good so how you how you coming along over there with the uh with the bravos the los bravos so this i'm really struggling it's not it's not a bad beer mm-hmm. um it's just a very standard beer like there's nothing okay. it, there's not really anything to write home about um in the last couple of weeks i'd actually bought a six pack of the classic city lager mm-hmm. um and who makes the classic city lager uh not oconee <laughs> i made a i made a i screwed up on a post <laughs> anthony is bringing it back the one time hey, I, I screwed up i screwed up on two so so anyway <laughs> No, so it's uh, Creature Comforts. Yes. And comparing this, the Los Bravos lager, to Classic City, Classic City is by far superior. And, this is true. Classic City is a great beer. I mean, this is better than like a Coors or a Budweiser, uh-huh. but only barely. Yeah. Um, I think I'm actually gonna, I think we're just going to flip what we did last week and I'm just going to give this three Luthers because <laughs> nice. I mean, it's, it's okay. It's not terrible. It's, mm-hmm. it is what it is. Um, oh gosh. Um, it is very crisp. It's very light. Yeah. And I mean, it's just your run of the mill kind of plain beer mm-hmm. tasting beer. At least it's better than Kalik. Yeah, I don't think anything could ever be worse than Kalik. <laughs> I could buy a case of water or a case of beer in open water and be like, eh, it's like at least three Luthers. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. That's, that's... Mick, Mick Ultra comes in stronger than Kalik for the record. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> so it's funny. So, I, you know, I said I've had a couple of Coronas. This actually reminds me a little bit of Corona. Okay. Well, I mean, it is a Mexican Mexican style beer, so yeah, it's it's an American company's version of a Mexican style lager. <laughs> so it's like everything else America does. <laughs> they half hearted try to push something off as, uh, as genuine. <laughs> the can is cool. I mean, the can is the real can cool. is cool. I'm not gonna lie. 
man. The picture is awesome. Yeah. And I when you when I saw Los Bravos, I actually thought I was like, oh, dude, that's got to be some kind of thing for the Braves because they're in, you know, they're yeah. in Georgia. Yeah. So, and it had the, the Braves color and all yeah. on it. I'm not, I'm not terribly sure how closely related it is, but it's got to be somewhat close. There you go. So there well, there's some it. beer. Yeah. There's a, the Midnight Special coming in at Five Luthers. This is a really good beer. <coughs> Excuse me. And, uh, and the Los Bravos. Sliding in sideways at three. Yeah, yeah I mean three Luthers. If you if you like your local brewery enough to try their basic beer, go for it. Give them a shot. And by local, I mean within an hour, apparently. <laughs> so, so anything. What are we What are we talking about tonight when we get back from the break? So we're going to come back from the break and we're going to talk about First Peter. We kind of gave a, a super 30,000, 50,000 foot intro to First Peter last week. So we're going to dive right on into chapter one. And we're going to attempt to cover 12 verses tonight. Now, um, if you know the Beers and Bible podcast, you know how much of a uh, project that is for us. That's because a stretch. We like to talk. <laughs> we like to talk and we like to get on rabbit trails. Um, but we're going to try our very best to cover 12 verses, the very first 12 verses of the book of 1 Peter, right after this break. Welcome back. Um, I hope that you're enjoying some kind of beverage. Um, Anthony's really enjoying his uh, his beer. Yes, I am. Midnight special. Mine's almost gone, and I mean, I feel like I've just had, like, water, basically. Um, <laughs> so tonight, you know, last week we uh, we did a very abridged walk through of first Peter, looked at some themes and, and talked about first Peter. And tonight we're going to, we're going to dive right in. We're going to get started. Um, we're going to, like Anthony said, we're going to try to tackle verses one through 12 of chapter one of first Peter tonight. Um, and the first thing we're going to do with that is read those 12 verses together. So, um, I'm going to read those from the Holman Christian standard because that's what I've got here and, uh, follow along. And uh, we'll get right into it. So, First uh, Peter chapter 1. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the temporary residents of the dispersion in the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I butchered at least two of those. Um, <laughs> chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, and set apart by the Spirit for obedience, and for the sprinkling with blood of Jesus Christ. May grace and peace be multiplied to you. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that is imperishable, uncorrupted, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who are being protected by God's power through faith for a salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. You rejoice in this, Though now for a short 
time you have been distressed by various trials, so that the genuineness of your faith, more valuable than gold, which perishes though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. You love him, though you have not seen him, and though not seeing him now, you believe in him and rejoice with inexpressible and glorious joy, because you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that would come to you searched and carefully investigated. They inquired into what time or what circumstances the Spirit of Christ within them was indicating when he testified in advance to the messianic sufferings and the glories that would follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you, concerning things that have now been announced to you through those who preach the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Angels desire to look into these things. So Peter, <clears throat> now, when when you read this this opening of this, I mean, this is a, so you got to remember this is a letter. This is not uh, Peter did not write this chapter verse. I think we've said that before. You know, mm-hmm. the Bible didn't come in chapter verse form. It was read in letter form, and a lot of times um, people would not read you know, four or five verses. Um, for example, nobody went to Jeremiah twenty nine eleven and said, God's got good plans for you. He's going to prosper you because you love him. Uh, right. You know, they would read all of Jeremiah. And, and uh, you know, if there was a section of the scroll that they would read, because they knew it so well, they would go to that specific section of the scroll. It's like reading a book so many times that you yeah. know it, that you like, you know where to find stuff in it. Yeah, um, it's almost like they were like reading things in context. And what? <laughs> what? How dare you go there? <laughs> Just saying, plucking verses out of context and whatnot. People, Americans would never do. It. Sorry, I'm sorry. I'm going to try to be better about this. Um, so anyway, so Peter is writing this, and and. Peter, remember. Let's let's just remember who Peter is as we dive into this this book because this seems like this reads like a very well calculated, very intelligent, like very thought out guy person. Right. You know, um, Peter is the guy that's always popping off at the mouth. You know, Peter's the guy that's like, "Hey, uh, Jesus, if that's you out on the water, tell me to come out there." And then Jesus is like, all right, cool, do it. And then Peter's like, all right, sweet, jumping out of the boat in the middle of a storm. Right. Uh, you know, this is Peter. This is the same Peter that chopped off a dude's ear when they came to arrest Jesus. This right. is the same Peter that less than 12 hours later denied Jesus three times. <laughs> so, I mean, this guy is all over the spectrum. Yeah. Um, he is a hothead. Um, he is everything that, that a lot of people try to avoid. Right. Um, in a person and, and he's writing this book and, and he is encouraging people and he's encouraging this group of people. And and he lays that out right there in the introduction. Um, yours said, read, read the verse one, one more time. Um, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ to the temporary residents of the dispersion in the provinces, um, chosen according to the foreknowledge. That's chapter, that's verse two. Yeah. Um, Okay. 
So, so you got all those very so so your says to the to the people in the in the dispersion. Um, I actually like what the ESV says here because it says to those who are elect exiles in the dispersion mm. of Pontius Galatia, because the word there is ekletos, um, and and that literally translates to the chosen one. Now the the HCSB does you know it says the chosen later, so they kind of rearrange the words, um, but it it. And I think in English it gives it a little bit more force when you say, um, to you who are chosen and you're in these cities. Yeah. And then and then you roll into verse two, you're chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father in the sanctification of the Spirit for the obedience of Jesus Christ, uh, and for sprinkling with his blood. And so um just something interesting about this and just from the get go, I love kind of looking for these types of things. Mm-hmm. Um one of the things that, that a lot of people say, uh, especially when it comes to a doctrine of the Trinity, and we've talked about this a little bit, I think when we did our episode on the Trinity when we were going through Packer's Concise Theology, um, the, the Trinity is never mentioned in the Bible. It's not like, and there was one God, and that God was three persons. You know, there, there's not a chapter and verse you can point to to say that. Um, but you have these references that in that time would have been understood in this way. Right. And this right here is one of those references because you have, with verse 2, you have the foreknowledge of God the Father in the sanctification of the Spirit, there's the Holy Spirit, for the obedience to Jesus Christ, there's the Son, and for sprinkling with his blood. So you have this, this Peter showing this is who God is. He is God the Father, he is God the Spirit, and he is Jesus Christ the Son right there in the introduction of first Peter. And so, and all this is centered around the elect exiles, those who are chosen, those who are set apart, um, by, by, uh, by God, they're chosen sojourners. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that's a, that's a reference. If you, if you look into sojourners, that's going to be a reference to a lot of the stuff in Deuteronomy, specifically like Deuteronomy 14. Yeah. Um, so I'll I'll let y'all rabbit trail that one later in later in life, but but right here in the introduction you have Peter laying it out. This is this is who I'm talking to. He's talking to a very specific group of people, and these people are chosen by God. Okay, right. and what he's going to do in the next verses is lay out this argument for uh, our hope, our living hope. Um, enter Phil Wickham singing with a guitar right there. Um, I wish we could have Phil Wickham. That'd be that'd be great. But anyway, so so let's let's die. Let, let's get to the meat of this right here, which yeah. is going to be verses three through twelve. Yeah. Okay. The very first thing that that Peter brings out, there, we're going to talk about four major kind of topics here, and I'm, I'll just give them to you real quick as we as we break these down. So, in verse three, really verses kind of three through five. Um, God is going to establish our hope in Christ. Um, and then focusing on verses 4 through 5, uh, God is going to maintain our hope and our inheritance. Um, then we see in verses 6 through 9 that our joy through trials is going to come into Christ. It's going to come through Christ, our hope. And then to close it out, 10 through 12, we're going to see God's promises of hope that are fulfilled in Christ. And that's gonna that's gonna be a reference back to some Old Testament stuff there. Yeah. So, so let's break down <clears throat> this this section right here. Let's let's start right here at the beginning. We have this salvation promise. 
and and we have this promise that God is going to establish our hope. Let's talk mm-hmm. a little bit about that. Yeah, so, you know, Peter lays it out here. Like you said, he's laying it out, like, throughout the whole book, I think. Mm-hmm. But um, he says here that according to his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And Peter's Peter's telling the, the dispersed here, you know, we're born again because of God's great mercy. And, mm-hmm. and because of that great mercy, new hope. Um, I believe it's Edmund Clowney that said mm-hmm. that Christ's resurrection spells hope for us, not just because he lives, but because by God's mercy, we live. Um, yeah. the, the gift of life that we have is not anything that we've earned. It's not anything we've um, done to deserve mm-hmm. the gift of life that we have, especially we as believers. <clears throat> we have freedom in Christ that um, you know, is – is unexplainable and it's because of God's great mercy that um, we have that. And, but we also have hope. We also have um, yeah. a living hope and we'll get into it later when Peter talks about the trials and tribulations that we will inevitably, inevitably face. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but yeah. And, and so, you know, we're God, God establishes our hope and he does that out of his abundance of mercy for us. Yes. Yes. And and we take that hope and that's that's the hope that the Christian, the person who has faith in Christ and we see that hope and that is the the foundation that hope becomes the foundation for our inheritance mm-hmm. that that Peter lays out in verses 4 and 5. Yep. Now, it's important to understand that that we're talking about not just a physical inheritance here, but we're talking about a spiritual inheritance. Right. And so, you know, there's there's a lot of people, um, especially in in the prosperity movement, who are going to say, "No, your inheritance is on the earth, and and you get all of these things. You get health, and you get wealth, and you get um, prosperity here on the earth because that is your inheritance." And no, nowhere in Scripture that I know of. And and I, I feel like I've studied it pretty well to this point, but nowhere in Scripture do I know of are we ever promised a physical inheritance with the exception of the new heaven and the new earth that come after the judgment seat, okay? Right. And and that is a completely different type of inheritance, you know, this. But what we're talking about is what we as believers have right now, which is our hope, our inheritance comes through Christ ruling and reigning. Right. And so our hope of inheritance should propel us uh, into into kind of this everyday guide of how we grow in the knowledge of God. It's, it's going to be um, <clears throat> what drives us to learn more and more about God. That's going to be this hope of inheritance. Mm-hmm. And Peter describes this inheritance really with three key words. Yeah. And, and, and I think it's interesting, and you have to— you kind of have to break down the English language, and it, and it really does this in in the Greek language as well. But he uses negative words to describe our positive inheritance. Yeah. So, um, something that is imperishable, it is not perishable. Something that is undefiled, it is not defiled. And something that is unfading, it is not going to fade. And so he uses these negative words that will paint a very positive picture yeah 
for for what our inheritance actually is. So if you look at each one of these words and you break it down, you know, imperishable, this world is going to pass away. This world that we're living in uh, is going to is broken and it needs to be restored. That's what the new heaven and the new earth are gonna are gonna bring in. So our inheritance will not pass away. It is imperishable, not perishable. It is undefiled. Um, in Old Testament language, uh, this would mean something that is unstained by sin. And so a common picture of this is leaven. When And right now, when we're recording this, we're right in the middle of Passover season. Um, and, and one of the things in Passover is the the purging of leaven, because leaven in Old Testament times was used to represent sin. And so uh, our inheritance then is a purged, it is a completely purged, and it's unstained by sin. When we get to the other side of our inheritance, we're going to be perfect. We're not perfect now, we're broken now, but we will receive that inheritance that is perfect, and it's kept by Jesus Christ. And then the last one is unfading. And it just simply... You know, when you put this as at the end of it, um, something, everything that we can get in this earth will fade away. Um, you know, um, I'm trying to remember where it is. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's in the Gospels where it says, you know, don't store up your treasures in heaven. Or, yeah. no, no, I'm sorry. Store up your treasures in heaven. Don't store up treasures here on earth. I said that backwards. Right, right, right. Um, Good catch. Good catch. Um, because everything that's on the earth will fade away. You know, the, the old adage is you don't take anything with you in your casket. Right. Um, you know, it's, it's, you, it's just you and yourself and that's it. And you don't take any, you don't get to keep anything. You don't get to bring anything with you. Um, everything that you have on this earth is futile. It's useless. So don't let your heart and your treasure be here let your heart and your treasure be someone else somewhere else yeah. which is focused on your inheritance that will not fade right um and so you you have this inheritance and and then peter goes on to say that this inheritance is going to be kept in heaven for you um and it's kept by god um kind of an interesting s- little tidbit on that that kept in heaven for you is that it's in the present tense which in greek when you're in the present tense you have to say it like is always being te- always being kept. Um, so think of it like it's a continual action. It's a it's a repeating and continual action is what that is. Yeah. And so, so when we talk about this inheritance, when we talk about what we as believers are going to rejoice in, that leads us into why we rejoice, and we rejoice because of the trials and tribulations. We rejoice because of the things that we will face, because these trials and these tribulations that we're going to face are nothing compared to the inheritance that we're going to get. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like nothing we could, there is nothing, no high on earth or no low on earth that we could experience that will compare to the inheritance we have waiting for us. That's exactly right. Yeah. Um, and so, so we have this. We we really do have this opportunity to really rejoice in our salvation. Um, yes, because we are guarded by God, and we, you know, knowing this should produce joy in the lives of Christians, no matter what you're going through. Yeah, no matter you know if the doctor had a bad diagnosis, or you have wayward kids, or your marriage is falling apart, or or if things are going great, like like 
your joy is not dependent on your circumstances. Your joy right. should not be dependent on your circumstances. Um, no. And if it is, then that that's a major check that needs to be, <laughs> needs to happen. Um, but I mean, I'm guilty allowing whether it's work or how things are going at home or looking at the bills or what you know mm-hmm. whatever to temporarily rob me of my joy. Um, oh yeah. And, and I I don't think that's a I don't think that's a unique feeling. I think you know most believers go through that where you know. You know, yeah. we're just like Peter. We take our eyes off of Jesus mm-hmm. and we start sinking, you know? Yeah. Um, but just because we're facing these trials doesn't mean that our joy should be diminished. And yeah. and remember, joy and happiness are not the same thing. No. J- you know, happiness is an emotion. I, I, I look at joy as a conscious choice. Yeah. And, and if, if you're... You you can choose to be joyful or you can choose to not be joyful. Um, I love the way that James puts it um, when in in James chapter one where he says, "Consider it all joy when you face trials." mm -hmm. You know that that really puts the the example of the difference between joy and happiness because when you face trials, you're not happy, right? And you you don't have to be happy. When you face trials, yeah, God doesn't command us to be happy; He commands yeah. us to be joyful. Yeah, yeah, and, and I've I've thought about that too. Where when James says that, whenever you, whenever you face trials, it's, it's not yeah. a question of if. And, and yeah. if you've been if you've been a believer for longer than like ten minutes, then you know <laughs> that there. And and I mean, trials come in all different shapes and sizes. And yeah, you know, it could be you know something is you got a kid that like. You, we're going through the defiant stage right now. Oh, because our son's almost three. Still going through the defiant stage. You got a ten-year-old. Yeah, just just gonna throw that out there for well, you. Well, thanks. That's really encouraging. <laughs> um, but so you know, like that that is that is a trial. Yeah. But that's not near. I mean, not to compare trials, but some people are going through loss of job or mm-hmm. you know loss of loved one or you know stage four cancers or, or what, or whatever it is, yeah. or, you know, family tragedy. And, you know, everyone's trial is different and you never know what your brothers and sisters are going through unless mm-hmm. they've shared it with you. Yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, when we think about that, like if you're, if you have somebody in your life, who's like kind of cut off, maybe they're going through something and you don't know it. Yeah. And may, and maybe you, maybe they need you to reach out to them and say, Hey, is everything okay? Is there anything you want to talk about? Because, yeah, you know, we all go through trials. Our trials may not be the same, but the purpose of the trials is always the same. Mm-hmm. The purpose of whatever trials we're going through is, is to make us stronger and to make our faith deeper and yeah. to, and to create a, to get us to the point where we can be joyful, even in yeah. the trials. So, yes, trials, trials are really set, uh, set, sent by God to test the genuineness of your faith. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's when you think about Jesus and, and going through the, the 40 days in the wilderness, um, you know, Satan tempts him and he says, you know, throw yourself down because scripture says, that he'll concern, he'll command his angels concerning you, 
And Jesus responds with Scripture and says, don't put the Lord your God to the test. Right. And so, you know, the best thing that we can do as believers, as Christians, is know Scripture enough because guess what? Satan knows Scripture pretty well. And Satan he knows just pro- enough yeah, to twist it. Yeah, Satan probably knows Scripture better than anyone. Yes. Because he, because you're absolutely right. He uses it to, to manipulate believers and unbelievers mm-hmm. alike. I really, I, I mean, I think there's a, there could be something to be said there where Satan can use two lines of scripture for an unbeliever to help them justify them continuing to live the way that they do. Yeah. yeah. So, but um, yeah, yeah, you're, I, you know, Satan probably does know scripture better than anybody. He definitely does. I, I know he knows it better than me. And so that's why I have to keep, uh, I have to keep my, my eyes sharp and, and mm-hmm. I have to continue studying because the more, you know, the more you will be able to answer yep. the way that Jesus answered, you know, Jesus answered back and he said, no, this is what scripture says. It says, don't put the Lord, your God to the mm-hmm. test. And that's going to develop that genuineness. And, and, you know, just because you're a new believer doesn't mean you don't have genuine faith because you don't, you know, you don't know you haven't right. gone through trials. And so it's, that's not what that means, but a testing resulting in the genuineness of your faith just solidifies, you know, it's, it's one of those things like if you know it's the right thing to do and you keep doing it over and over and over again, it just reassures more and more and more that what you're doing is the right thing. Right. And so that's what, that's kind of what I mean when I say tested the genuineness of your faith. Yeah. Um, because it, it, it gets all the way back to the roots. And if your faith was born out of, you know, you wanting to impress that, that girl at church camp, then the genuineness of your faith is not very, very right. deep. Yeah. Um, or if it was to, to get something for yourself, the genuineness of your faith is not very deep. But if your faith is uh, a faith that is rooted and grounded in the person and work of Jesus Christ, that is a genuine faith that is going to be tested, but it's going to persevere. Right, and so so you're you know um, these trials are going to are going to push you deeper into your faith so that you understand your faith better. Yeah, and the ultimate purpose of our trials is so that we will believe in Jesus. That you know that that kind of is the 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 end mark of all of our trials right. because um, what Peter says, I think it's in I think it's in verse nine. Um, let me get over here to verse 9. Obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your soul. So that's that's the end of it. But if you go all the way back to verse 8, though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him, and you rejoice with a joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. Yeah. And so you see that Jesus is, you be, you, you believe in Jesus even though you haven't seen him, and that, that produces in you this joy that we've been talking about, this inexpressible joy that is a confidence in your inheritance that is undefiled um, and that is imperishable and that is unfading. You, you know, you have, you have that right there. And then that's going to lead us into this type of, of uh, confidence, in our in our faith, because that confidence is going to be rooted in the promises of God, which takes us to that that fourth point yeah. um, that we talked about earlier. God's promises of hope are fulfilled in the person and work of Jesus Christ. And I know we have said this before, but it always bears repeating. Um, all of Scripture, the purpose of Scripture is point to 
the person and work of Jesus Christ. The Old Testament points forward to Jesus Christ. The New Testament points back to Jesus Christ. Everything points to to Christ because he is the hope of our salvation. Yeah. Um, and that's why that's why it says, you know, when it's in verses eight, when it's saying that that you believed in Jesus, that even in your trials you had faith in Jesus, and that faith produced uh, joy that was inexpressible, and that led to the salvation of your soul. And that salvation is only one through the person and work of Jesus Christ. And then verses ten through twelve, Peter kind of shifts it up a little bit, and he says, "Now let's talk about this salvation for a second. And then he starts using some Old Testament references, the prophets. They talk about this grace. Um, inquiring about the person, uh, what person or time the Spirit of Christ in them, indicating that when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glory. So you have this, he's he's kind of closing out this section of the argument right here by saying um, everything is going to culminate with the person of Christ. Everything is going to point to the person of Christ. In the Old Testament, they did it this way. And we've seen the outcome of that. And, and mm-hmm. all of that we can see, we can point to uh, and say, this person, Christ, Jesus Christ, is the person who fulfilled all of that Old Testament stuff. Does that make sense? Yeah. It does. So, and then I, I love, I want you to read this quote um, yeah. that I had to note on here. This is another one of those Edmund Clowney uh, quotes. And, and this guy, Edmund Clowney, is just so good. Um, but he talks about this idea of Christ being the kind of the end of prophecy. So read us that quote from, from Clowney. Yeah. So uh, Christ is the end of prophecy, the goal of history. He is not one example of sufferings and glory among many. His is the suffering that brought salvation. His is the glory that brings the new creation. Jesus is therefore not simply the one of whom the prophets speak. He is the one who speaks through the prophets. The prophets spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God who inspired them is the Spirit of Christ. The testimony of Jesus is the Spirit of prophecy. Not only does prophecy bear witness to Jesus, but Jesus bears witness through prophecy. The incarnate Lord is the true witness. The eternal Logos is the source of the prophetic testimony. And I think the only thing you can say to that is amen. Because yeah. that that is a that's probably one of the best summaries of what the person and work of Jesus Christ looks like and actually is that I think I've I've read yeah. in, in any of the, the commentaries that I've read through. Yeah. That clearly articulates what we know to be true about scripture is that the old testament is leading toward the culmination of Jesus mm-hmm. and the new Testament is telling the story of Jesus and equipping the people in the in churches after mm-hmm. Jesus mm-hmm. to create the foundation of the church. Yeah. Yep. And, and that's what our hope as a church is. That's what our foundation as a church is. It's not in political power. It's not in uh, laws that benefit us. Um, you know, I, I, I know 
right now that is it is a it's a scary time uh just in the things that have happened uh i think so it's the first of april when we're recording this and and there have been just in the last few days there have been some developments mm-hmm. um people who are genuinely uh coming against um religious freedom which is a which is a constitutional right um and they're coming against the what it means to be a a believer to profess Christ, and so, you know, we don't we don't pretend to 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 say that you know Christians need to be these these meek and timid people who just kowtow to everything and and all that because we are called to be um, outspoken, we're called to be clear, but we're also called to do all of that with love, um, and I love the way that. Russell Moore puts it in his book Onward uh, when he says that Christians really need to focus on being a prophetic minority instead of a uh, majority. And and so, you know, I, I think if we adopt that mindset, that gives us the, the strength, the courage to say, I'm going to stand firm in this, I'm going to do this, and I'm not going to compromise my values. Um, but I'm also not going to yell and scream like you want me to. I'm not going to be angry. I'm not going to um, do incendiary things back to you because that's what you want me to do. And so so as we go through this study on First Peter, I think, you know, as applicable as the book of Habakkuk was, I think that First Peter is the New Testament version of Habakkuk. Um, because yeah. these people were were in dark times, you know these are these are right around uh, Nero. If you know anything about Nero, you know that Nero had had uh, some pretty steep persecution on Christians. Uh, they were they were pretty marginalized, and even to the point where when Rome burned, uh, Nero blamed the Christians, even though the Christians didn't do it. Right, um, and so so you. You think that we have it bad in America, and I agree that there are certain things that are happening that don't look good for being a Christian. But at the end of the day, I know that God is still in control, and I will stand firm on what I know Scripture teaches, regardless of what a country tells me I'm supposed the way I'm supposed to believe or a culture tells me the way I'm supposed to believe, or a society tells me the way I'm supposed to believe. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, Scripture is the defining authority for me. And Scripture will dictate the way that I respond. And and so, you know, let that be an encouragement to you, Christian. I, I hope it is an encouragement to you, and I hope that this study of First Peter will be an encouragement to you. Same. Same. There we go. That's all I got to say. So... We hope you've enjoyed uh, this kind of, this this opening up of the book of First Peter. It's going to get good from here. Um, I have done a study of First Peter, and it just it kind of just keeps on building on on everything. So, yeah. uh, buckle down and get ready. And we'll be able to get a little more in depth because we're not going to try to tackle big chunks like that again. <laughs> we we did fly through that one pretty quick. I'm I'm not going to lie. We yeah. we kind of soared over that one. Um, but, but it's, it's it's good. Yeah, and really would encourage you if you're interested to um, do some studying on your own and, and, you know, 
we are putting our thoughts and opinions out there. And by ours, I mean Anthony's. Um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, but, you know, we're what we say on the podcast is what we believe about whatever mm-hmm. we're talking about. But we would encourage you to do your own research and formulate your own opinions about things. Yeah. Don't just take our word for it. And, yeah. and we would say that about anything. Yeah. Um, sorry, my allergies are like shanking up <laughs> with me right now. So It's your coronavirus is what it is. It's coming back. <laughs> Gosh, I hope not. That was awful. <laughs> well, Michael, if they want to get in touch with us on social media, where would they do that? If you want to reach out to us on the social medias, you can find us on Instagram at beers and Bible underscore. You can find us on Twitter at beers and Bible P one. You can find us on Facebook by searching for beers and Bible podcast and uh, looking for our logo. And then you can also email us at beers and Bible podcast at gmail.com. Boom. Roasted. Yeah. So next week we're going to the Corona drink. The so Corona drink is going to be next week. Come back for at least that. It, this might get real interesting after a shot of tequila. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. This is true. This is true. But um, I promise we're only going to have one, but we're going to attempt to make the TikTok drink, um, whatever it's called. I don't even know what it's called. <laughs> but it is Corona Rita. Probably. I mean, that's basically what a Corona Rita is, I think. Um, always used to like go into the Mexican restaurants and seeing those huge margarita glasses with like the Corona laying in it sideways. Yes. So I think it's basically the same thing, just a little bit different. So okay, well, we'll see what happens next week. I reckon. So that's right. We will try. We're we're gonna do it. Um. So yeah, come back, listen to Corona Corona episode. <laughs> well, Michael and I will definitely have the same beer next week. So there you yes. go. It'll be the first time in a long time. Yeah. <laughs> But until next week, we hope you enjoy a, a cold drink and a good discussion. On some First Peter. Yeah. Peace out. See ya.